0: Hello, everybody let's talk about the word desire today in the past we have heard this word as something that we we should not indulge into we shouldn't follow our desires because they they create this sort of um karma within us and so i believe this word needs to be Alleviated from the load that has been imposed upon it for a long time. As usual, we need context. And in spirituality, like in many, um, in so many things within spirituality, you find that there is a sort of contradiction that happens and i have talked about this contradiction for a while because that is the dark side of the moon if you will that since we don't see it since we don't know it we can imagine all kinds of things that are happening there and in fact i remember reading uh, as a child one of those uh, isaac isamov uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right, very popular science fiction writer from the 20th century and it was about the dark side of the moon and there's all kinds of uh, vegetations and life forms in there because we tend to imagine things when we can't see the other side, the, the unknown. So the contradiction in our language when we speak about the spirituality and let me just um, give a definition for ease of context here the spirituality means the simple attraction to the recognition of yourself as the divine as the creator as god as the whole as the universe that is spirituality uh, whatever other definitions there may be out there, if they are in line with this, that's great. Otherwise, they tend to confuse things. But in essence, that's what spirituality is. And since spirituality is characterized by this unknown side, by this dark side, which is the oneself, God, consciousness, and so on, this is what's interesting and at the same time it's completely unknown to us and so when we speak from this side there tends to be a sort of contradiction that is seen from the other side now the other side is what we call the separate self the ego the image of the self as as a separate entity and so this these two sides need to be reconciled for us to have a unity, for us to have an understanding of reality, of what's actually happening. When we don't, then we create a sort of um, image of what the other side might be, just like uh, Isaac or Isaac, Isaac, I think, Asimov, uh, did with the moon, right? And so, The question always that remains is, what is this other side? Well, that's the purpose of self-realization because that other side is actually you. There is nothing uh, bizarre. There's nothing exotic about the other side. The other side is you. It's just that you have been ignoring who you are, the true essence of your being. But that's a topic in and of itself. I want to concentrate on desire because the word desire suffers from this interpretation of contradiction through the unknowing, or as the Buddhists would say, the ignorance of the other side. See, here's the gist of desire. Desire, as we know it generally in the world, especially in our planet, current planet, current society. uh, It's known because it is a desire that comes out of lack, out of a sense of incompleteness. And so it is, to a degree, very accurate to label desire as something that is that is contrary to what we want, right? Because it it shows our ignorance that when we act on a desire from a sense of lack, we are acting out of ignorance and that is perpetuating the frustration of the self, the frustration of you. When we act from a state of ignorance or unknowing of who we are, we incur in this karma, let's call it, this momentum, this um, this dissatisfactory action that is what characterizes the world right now because the mind, the collective mind, is ignoring its own self and we are We are creating attitudes that are born over and over again out of this ignorance. So that is the desire that is generally called a problem because it's again coming out from a sense of lack and a sense of lack is always born out of ignorance. What are we ignoring? The self, who we truly are. However. When you realize who you are, which I cannot emphasize enough, it is not an intellectual realization, it's not an intellectual understanding, it is a, a living. When you experience and live by the knowing of your own self, then desire undergoes a change. Because in the past, what you were looking for when you desire something was your own self, in essence. I'll give you the short version of it. Anything that we desire is ourselves. But because we have this definition of ourselves as an image, this doesn't sound quite right. And that that's another thing that sounds contradictory because you see, again, I'm talking from the side of the self where when we don't know what it is, we uh, tend to ascribe some sort of uh, image to it. But over and over again, over history, we have been reminded that it is not possible to give God a name or to give an image or form or to talk about it even. Uh, all of this is not a sort of sacred commandment. Some sort of universe God doesn't want to be known. It's just that God cannot be known because you cannot uh, you cannot know yourself because you are you are the knower of the known. So you cannot know yourself. You yourself are the knower of the known. So when, when we ignore this, then we can see that um, desire is something that is... It's naturally something that we're looking for to satisfy that dissatisfaction that we have with life. But it all boils down boils down to the self, to knowing who you truly are. But once you get into, once you know who you are, once you, you actually know, and I again, I emphasize that this is not a knowing of intellectual um, comprehension, but rather, it's a knowing just like you know that you're alive, that's the type of knowing that I'm referring to. You don't have to intellectualize, well, I have my senses activated and I have perceptions going on and my mind is going, so I surmise that I am alive. You simply know that you're alive. When you know that you know, then that is self-realization. It's not something exotic, something very simple. And living by that produces a desire. This is a different type of desire because when you know who you are, the desire to do things changes into sharing, other than taking which is really what desire out of ignorance is is attempting to do but you cannot take something out of uh, out of reality because reality is whole as it is so you can see the ignorant aspect of trying to achieve things that are going to fulfill me it's like the the river pouring itself more water to fill itself you cannot do that that would cause an illusory dissatisfaction of not seeing the water grow. <laughs> you're using your own water to fill yourself. And that's the same thing. Once you know that you're the river, then clearly you don't have to add any water to you. Water is flowing through you. You are the flow of water, you see. And so the desire to move, to act, just like the river flows that desire is out of fulfillment the river is full of water whether that be a tiny bit or a lot a torrential uh, amount of water it doesn't matter river is the river you your life you as life act now from a sense of fulfillment and you see that's a different type of desire because now you're not desiring to achieve something so you can applicate this Um, this frustration, this constant tension in your mind. But rather, you're acting because you enjoy sharing. See, that's the difference. A desire that is born out of fulfillment, it's desiring to share. There is nothing else. It doesn't want anything. It has everything in itself already. It doesn't need a job. It doesn't need a relationship. It doesn't need economic... Uh, status or stability or anything because it knows that it is. And so what it attempts to do is to share this as a service to others, if you will. So you see, that is the contradiction that we have when we look at the sire from one way and we say, um, yes, I'm going to achieve this, and uh, all my, my past traumas, we're not saying this consciously, but subconsciously, that's what's happening, my past traumas and all the things that I don't accept about myself are going to be fulfilled with this new job, or relationship, or this new spiritual activity that I do now, uh, because now I eat in a certain way, or I clothe myself in a certain way, or I practice these new things, or I meditate every day, or whatever it is. We're always trying to do things in our life that are attempting to fill a gap that we are not looking at. You see, it's that dark side of the moon that we're trying to fill with things that are not there, because we don't know. So we just fill it with our minds and there's a difference. There's a huge difference. One of the things that I early in this path understood, um, which had been part of my motto in life, but it, it sort of sunk down into my my awareness was that you cannot live with expectations. Hope is the fool's faith. When you live with expectations, you're constantly gambling disappointments. So as much as our society has told us to pursue happiness, to hold on to hope and to always have expectations of life. All of this is a gamble. It's a gamble for frustration because once you create form and you expect to see it in reality, there is a lot of room for disappointment. So that's another fear that is confronted when the separate self is facing the possibility of living in the unknown. It's a huge fear of having no expectations and no planning and no controlling it's one of the hardest things that every person that undergoes initiation through the process of knowing that it is not a separate self has to confront it's the fear of the unknown So i have an analogy that i want to share today and this analogy is one that i posted recently in my instagram and um it generated from from someone some questions that are very interesting um, that have to do with this lack of recognition of our true essence and as any other question it holds on that desire to know the self <laughs> very appropriate right the analogy is um, is this one it's um, I describe it as a children's game If you remember when you were a child, you would play games where rules were made up and the achievements were also just some sort of uh, imaginary goal that we would, we would look for. So we created rules and goals that were, in essence, not existent They were just there as a sort of mental uh, tension, as a mental stress, if you will, for the game. But you see, as children, we never saw rules or goals as something serious. Rather, they were the essence of playfulness. So, when we create these rules and accomplishments or goals, which is the essence of the game, They're there for the experience of play, enjoyment, laughter, and sharing. Now, bear in mind all of these points because they're very, very important for uh, the gist of the analogy. So we create all of this for, again, the experience of play, enjoyment, laughter, and more importantly, sharing with our friends, we get together, even if it was two of us, or 20, we would get together for that purpose. It wasn't for the rules, although some kids did get very uh, emotional about the rules, and I'll talk about that, uh, and others about the, the end of the game, the end goal, But when we start, it's all about having fun, period. Now, when we are within the game, and if one ignores this, and begin to believe that these rules are real, and that the accomplishments are actually necessary for play, enjoyment, laughter, and again, most importantly, for sharing, then at that point, One becomes mixed up. You may get stuck in the game and happiness is now dependent on your success of abiding by the rules and trying to achieve that end goal. You forgot already, you forgot that it was a game. And so your focus is not no longer in the game. Happiness then becomes limited. Happiness is now dependent on those rules and the achievement of the goal. You may even try to cheat at this point, because fun is no longer the name of the game. It's about winning, so you may want to cheat. You will, and certainly, be unkind to other children, to your friends even violent, if that's necessary, depending on how mixed up you got in the game. But most certainly, you will become emotional. Ah, and that is the giveaway. When you become emotional, um, yeah, that is the key of knowing that you're not having fun. This game has been forgotten for you as a source of fulfillment and enjoyment. in fact you will start to believe at this point that the player that you represent in the game actually is real you see and because it is so real you will want to protect it you know more than anything uh, you will want to improve it because your uh, success depends on this You must become better, you must improve within the game. You must be much more perfectionist with the rules and the goals. So now you start to believe that the player is real. You begin to believe that that image of yourself as the player is the real thing, not you, you forgot who you are already. You're the player. You begin to feel that those achievements are real, and they're actually attributed to you. But you see, this is the you that is the image, the player. The player holds on to the achievements, and maybe you're winning, and all your friends are just looking at you and wondering why you're so serious about the game. And although you become really good at the game, your friends are not no longer enjoying your presence, right? But you yourself, you're there, you're, uh, you're living the game. You, you're living the player. And all of this feeds up this image of yourself, the player. But then when the game is over. Suddenly all your achievements are gone. They dissolve. Your player, the image of the player, is revealed as imaginary. It's no longer you. And when you look around, all your friends are gone. The game is over. That's when you realize that it was all a game. That all your mental constructs Is now gone, disappears. In many cases, death is the end of the game. In the majority of cases, death is the end of the game. And it brings total enlightenment. Because at that point, there is no more game. There are no more rules. And there is no end goal. You have revealed the essence of life, which is playfulness. That's why the ego fears death so much. That's why the separate self feels like it needs to be protected. Because it doesn't want the the, the game to end, you see? But you don't have to wait until death to realize that this is a game that life is about playfulness and you see one of the questions that arose out of this analogy was um how come i i I wasn't told this as a child and the crude reality is that nobody knows a few people know But the people that know about this are regarded as crazy. They are regarded as uh, people who don't know how to play the game. And they're just, they're just lunatics. They believe this is actually an imagination. Funny enough, everything is our imagination because everything is processed by the mind. Only that reality, physical reality is serious in our philosophical context of the Western world, uh, the physical reality is what's real. The only thing that matters. Everything else is just wishy-washy stuff. Jesus is all in the mind. It's imaginary stuff. It's not real. <laughs> See, we got the child and we told him, hey, everything that you imagine and that you love thinking about, that's ah, all garbage. This is the physical reality. And out of that, desire is born out of ignorance. And it's no longer the desire to share and enjoy together. But that is our nature. And that is what we are all attracted to. Um, You don't have to be into spirituality or philosophy or anything. You just have to look at your life and see that that's what you're looking for. What you're looking for is to be happy. And the big joke is that happiness is not something that you achieve. Happiness is what you are. But again, we ignore it. You just don't see it. Because to a degree, it is impossible to see who you are but you can feel who you are. And that's the purpose of this, this path. So that's all I got today. I wanted to talk about desire from this contradictory point of view, which is often said, well, then after I know who I am, then I won't want to do anything because I'll have no desires. And this is not true. Everybody wants to share and be who they are. Just like any child, has the desire to play with others to show how he can contribute to the fun of life. We all contribute to the fun of life by being who we are. And that's it. That's it also for me. Thank you so much, as usual, for listening up to here. And I have nothing else to say, but I'll catch you on the next episode.